Amanda Wagner podcast is the place to eavesdrop and participate in conversations about making choices about how you spend your time, who you surround yourself with, and figuring out what you want to be known for. In this episode, we talk about practicing bravery and why brave isn't something you are, but rather it's something you do. We consider how we act knowing that when we want to be known for something, we're tired of waiting for everything to be just so. What does that look like? And we use the word brave so many times that we invite you to make a drinking game or a contest out of it. (laughs) Uh, And in WWAWD, or What Would Amanda Wagner Do?, we answer Erica's question about uncommitting to things that aren't serving her without disappointing people. I don't think of myself as a brave person. I don't take a lot of risks. I also don't think I take a lot of chances. So if you're like me, you might be the type of person who, when somebody asks, are you brave, you might have specific examples, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you would consider yourself a brave person in lots of facets of your life. Alternatively, you get into the muddy space of what's the difference between being brave versus being courageous versus being bold or a risk taker. For me, I would say that I've lived my life by default in a lot of ways. I went to school, I got a teaching job, and when somebody with more seniority moved into my position, it could be said that I defaulted into going back to school and then teaching in post-secondary. It wasn't until 2017 that I felt like I actually had to make a choice. When I got laid off unexpectedly, that was the first time I felt like I had the opportunity to choose what I wanted, and my instinct was to do what I knew I was good at. I applied for jobs that I wasn't sure if I wanted, I didn't know if I would get them. And so that really got me into a place where I had to find people who could help me figure out how do I choose if I've never done it before. And now as we record this in spring 2020, I'm reflecting on the Amanda Wagner and what it means for me being client zero and taking my own advice. I'm also hoping like hell that someone listens to this and thinks, yes, me too, because I cannot be the only person like this. Last week, my coach asked me, so as client zero, you decided you wanted to be known for something and you're tired of waiting for everything to be just so. What does that mean for you? What does thinking and acting like this help you do? I paused and I answered really without thinking, I just said, it helps me be brave. And I continued on with a whole other list of things. She said it back to me and I let it land. LP, in what ways do you think of yourself as a brave person? I have done a few big things in the last year that have been quite brave. I quit my full-time job Mm -hmm. to become a full-time freelancer. That took guts. For sure. I moved to a new city. I, we were talking just a few minutes ago, how many times I've moved since I graduated college. Since I started my career, I've moved to six different cities. Mm -hmm. That takes bravery. Absolutely, it does. Uh, Especially because it's so freaking hard to make friends as an adult. Yeah. Uh, So to start over in six new places, that takes bravery. So... That, that's definitely a big one on the list. But there are smaller ways that I'm a brave person as well. I'm never afraid to try a new food. Oh. Ever. Ever. Put it in front of me, I'll give it a try. I'm not like you. <laughs> I have less food allergies than you do. True. <laughs> uh, so that, like, on a very small scale, 
that is a way that I'm a brave person as well. If somebody asked you, are you brave? Do you instantly feel like, yes, I'm brave? Or are you somebody more like me who thinks you're brave in certain parts of your life? I think if you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have thought about it a lot more. But if you ask me the question today, are you brave? My answer is yes. Mm. Full stop. I think I'm learning to be brave. And that's why I started with saying, I don't think you have to be brave all the time. Mm-mm, not at all. It's going, going to change. And it takes practice. I'm braver with some things than I am with others. And people. And Oh, absolutely. There are people that I work with that I'm wonderfully intimidated by and it makes me do really good work for them. And there are people that, that I want to impress, that I want to make sure they see that boldness. Um, we'll talk a little bit about definitions, but I want to know from you, how do you think brave and courageous are different? For me, courage seems like something that you get from a series of actions. You have like evidence of courage. I have courage because I did this thing. I've written this paper. I have this qualification. I've talked to this person. Uh, But I guess the same thing could be said for bravery. I want to keep working on this. And of course, we're going to ask you to join us online and tell us what you think bravery is because I wish I had an answer for you. I wish I could concretely say, here is my definition of bravery, but I'm not there yet. That said, I'm slowly finding out what bravery isn't for me. And I don't think it's all or nothing. One of those things that it isn't for me, it's either you're brave or you're not. And I don't think that's true. I think there are ebbs and flows and I I think that's really good news. So like I said, I I say with confidence that I don't think you are brave or not brave. I think bravery is something we have to practice. It ebbs and flows. And coming back to how I said on this call with my coach, it helps me be brave. That's a milestone moment for me. It's one of the little tidbits. All of my coaching calls are recorded. So I get to go back and watch that moment and feel and see my wheels start turning, thinking about all of the ways that I think about bravery and my own behavior. So even in coming up with the introduction to the podcast, we say you're here to listen to and eavesdrop on some of the topics that we think about, including the challenges of bravery. So it's not the first time that it's come up, but it's one of the ways that we've been able to connect the dots and look at some of the patterns in what I'm doing. One of the follow-up questions I had was, so how does bravery relate to don't ask, don't get? Don't Ask, Don't Get is an essential part of my life and the Amanda Wagner podcast and brand, resources and talks, but the advice, Don't Ask, Don't Get, isn't helping people find what they want to be known for. Instead, it's a tool to help you get there. So I'm trying to suss out what is a tool or a resource or way of thinking that we can use to help us get there, but the magic isn't in the tool itself. It's a tool for finding your brave. And don't ask, don't get is a way of thinking and acting that helps us think about what we want and gives us permission to ask for it. I've said before, it isn't the asking that takes bravery. Instead, it takes bravery to let yourself want something and face that you have to ask for it. So LP, the essence of the brand is figuring out what you want to be known for and not waiting for things to be just so. When you think about yourself as the type of person who wants to be known for something, 
and you think about getting over these feelings of perfectionism and things having to be just so, when you imagine yourself as that type of person, what does it help you do? So by having a little bit more of that self-reflection and really thinking about what I want to be known for, it helps me build the life that I want. So since you and I have known each other, and especially since we've been working on this podcast, I've really been thinking about some of these these big questions that we tackle every other week. And I think that it's allowed me to set up better direction and define the big things that I want Mm -hmm. and help me have the tools to go after what I want. So it's just a little bit more clarity for me. I think it's always been in the back of my mind, some of the things that I'd like to do. But when you and I have these conversations and starting to think about what I want to be known for, and the idea of not waiting for everything to be just so, I have a little bit better direction. I think clarity is one of the things that I also followed up my, it helps me be brave. It helps me be clear on what I want. What it also does is it helps me prioritize. It makes me really look at what matters to me, what matters right now, what matters later, and figuring out what really deserves my time and attention. Coming from thinking that everything has to be just so and wanting that those pieces to be perfect and everything to line up, it's an exhausting way to live. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I am somehow cured of this, that thinking with this mindset for three months means that I'm, I'm recovered. We talked on Instagram a couple weeks ago about how the language of I'm a recovering perfectionist sounds really nice, but I don't quite feel like it's true for me. Instead, I'm just finding tools that help me fight back against it a little bit more. But this idea of bravery is one that I really want to to continue to play with because I think we're at the tip of the iceberg when we talk about bravery. And I'm doing more reading and more research on what it means. One source that I looked at says that to be brave, you are courageous, bold, and free of fear interesting look from Liz. (laughs) I was nodding along until I read Free of Fear. Yeah. Opposing ideas can coexist. And for me, I can be brave and afraid at the same time. I've added Susan Jeffers' 1987 book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, to the list of books I want to read because I want to know how can I still be afraid and be brave at the same time or be fearful in some areas of my life but be able to pull on or call on my bravery to be able to do something that I might not have done. I don't think being brave requires that you're fearless. I agree. Maybe this doesn't make sense, but I like to think of myself as an intentional risk taker, which those two words shouldn't be put together. But I like to go for things, Yep. but with some forethought, because the fear is there. So I am brave... But I can be scared and work through some of that fear before I make my ask or go for the thing. Right. And in the the language shift for what it's worth, changing the but into an and, mm-hmm. right? I am brave and I'm still scared of X, Y, and Z. Of course. Yeah. I don't think one has to take away from the other. And in fact, I think this really simplifies the idea of bravery by saying you're just without fear. Because if that's the case... I don't know if there's anybody without fear. Everybody has something that freaks them out a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. So we want to know from you, what does it mean to you to be brave? Feel free to go as in-depth 
or as basic as you want. Give us an example. Weigh in on, is there a difference between being brave and being courageous? What does it mean to be brave if you don't think of yourself as a bold person? We want to continue the conversation. And while I wish I had an answer for you, what I have is probably just created more questions. And I think for now that's okay. We decided early on that this was going to be a place where we could share big ideas and talk about challenges and share with the world that we can't be the only people that think this way. So I can't tie it up in a nice little bow and say, here's what it means to be brave and how it relates to don't ask, don't get and what we're trying to build. Instead, let's have a conversation about it. So please find us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner or on the website at theamandawagner.com and check in with us. What does it mean to you to be brave? Before we wrap up today's episode, we of course have the WWAWD segment or what would Amanda Wagner do? This is a great question. They all are, but there's something about this one that I'm really excited to hear what you have to say, Amanda. Today's, I'm nervous now. And I just called you Amanda, which feels really weird for me when I call you that. That's, that's so formal. <laughs> My full name, it's like I'm in trouble. All right, Adabs, let's go. Today's question comes from Erica, who asks, do you have any advice on how to get more comfortable uncommitting to things mm. that are no longer serving me? Because I don't want to disappoint people, I will often continue with projects and collaborations that I know I don't want to do anymore. How can I tell people I no longer want to be involved without hurting their feelings? I love this question so much because I've been there. I'm reading this going, I feel like I wrote this question. (laughs) Uh, We sound similar. My biggest fear in life is disappointing people. I'm always concerned about what other people will think. Uh, Is be brave a good enough answer? (laughs) I feel like we need a a little more. (laughs) Um, When I work with teams in any sort of conflict or difficult situations, or even when meeting with people one-on-one, I use the language of practicing empathy and assertiveness at the same time. So I'm not going to give you the answer of like, just tell them what you think, because that is really hard and assumes that people don't have feelings. So if I were you, I would start with the empathy piece. And this person in the project or collaboration acknowledge, I know that this project has been really important to us. We've put time and energy into creating it. I'm proud of what we've created. And I'm ready to go in another direction. Or, and I'm not sure it's serving my needs right now. Starting with the empathy piece and the warmth is acknowledging that this might be hard for this person to hear. But it also tells them that you care about that. You care about their feelings. You want to make sure that they're feeling heard and understood and also that you've considered this. This doesn't sound like a flippant decision. When I think about the question, it's not like you said, I want to pull out of something today. It sounds like this has been something that's weighing on you. So empathy and assertiveness is the way that I would go. Alternatively, I suggest telling this person exactly what you told me, which is I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to be brave and be honest with you, and that is hard for me. The project we're working on, it isn't meeting my needs anymore. Please know that I've thought about how to keep working on this. And for me, it's probably best that we hit pause or you continue without me. I want to emphasize that this person might be able to do this without you or on their own. But what matters most to me is that you don't feel trapped 
with somebody saying, yeah, but we could do this way, or maybe we meet less, or maybe we do it differently. It sounds like you've already made your decisions about some of these projects or collaborations. I find that when any person who has to have a difficult conversation can show their soft underbelly (laughs) and admit that they don't want to disappoint someone, you have a better chance of getting this person on your side and them also being empathetic in return. Best case scenario, this person or team says, we understand that that must have been hard for you to say. Or say back, you know, that's hard to hear. I see where you're coming from. So let that person feel what they're feeling. I think it's really important to practice some of this language, especially when it comes to if you get any yeah buts or any, well, have you thought about this? If there's any persuasion of them trying to get you to come around to their side, practice the language of, Thank you for thinking of alternatives. I've already done that work and it's not going to work for me. I appreciate that you're trying to make this work and I've already considered it. Thank you, but no thank you. You are also in a position where you get to just say no. You get to say thank you. I feel like it's good to end the conversation right now. Sleep on it. Let's talk in a couple days. Giving that space can sometimes help. Uh, Erica, I hope that is helpful. I would love to hear what you try and what works for you. So please feel free to send us a message. Find us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. And of course, while you're here, please tell us when you feel the most brave and what bravery looks like for you. Thank you so much, Erica, for that question. Please keep those questions coming our way. You can send them to us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. We get questions via email as well. So you can visit theamandawagner.com for more info on how to submit those. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. And because we live by Don't Ask, Don't Get, we are asking you to follow along with us on social media at The Amanda Wagner. Sign up for the newsletter at www.theamandawagner.com and share this episode with a friend. Plus, if you love the podcast, please leave us a review. It means the world to us. As always, we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And until then, we'll see you on the internet.